Welcome to episode 96 of No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast. I'm Michael O'Brien from the Chicago Sun-Times, here as always with Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Hoops Report. How you doing, Joe? Good. It's all, it's, you get to this point, Mike, and you know what I mean? I've complained a little bit about the season, just being maybe not quite up to our regular standards and I don't know, not a lot of drama or storylines, to be honest. And then it's kind of just all forgotten when you get to that point. And you see what happened Friday night with, with just the excitement around the re- – we were both at Brother Rice, and I know, that just – that put a lot of – that kind of refreshed everything for me. Okay, we're back into the the great part of high school basketball where everybody's into it and we're all on the same page and we all see the scoreboard watching and checking that. And so, yeah, it's – it's the fun part of the year, and two weeks left. It certainly is. Two weeks from today, I'll be sitting here at the same desk, assembling the final rankings that always anger everyone, even though I just basically do it based on the playoffs. <laughs> Which, yeah, final rankings shouldn't be that big of a deal. It's super easy. I just put it down by, oh, you you want a sectional? You're in. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know why they get people so riled up, but although this year could be interesting, you know, depending on how things go. Uh, down there, we've got, um, of course, we're going to hit the uh, regionals, do a little regional rewind. We'll look ahead at the sectionals. We got uh, more listener questions than we've had the last few weeks. We're going to hit those, and then we'll do our, our two takes. Um, I guess the order of this is going to be questions, takes, and then we'll get into the um, regionals and then look ahead to the sectionals. It's um, All City came out. Get some questions about that that we will hit. You can check that out on the website if you have not seen it yet. It went up on Friday, which I usually like to do it on Thursday, but things get lost on Friday with all the games. So I know a lot of you, especially non-public league people, might have missed the um, All City team. So check that out. It it was a really good team, uh, I thought, considering, you know, our whining about the talent level around here. I thought it was a pretty strong All City team. Well, the top five guys are were all over the course of the year. Were basically the five, just the first team, were the all player of the year candidates. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, those were the guys. Uh, the individual stars of the season came from the public league, uh, and the city in general, with you know Brother Rice and Marquise Kennedy in there as well. But yeah, I mean, I that was a rock solid first team. Yeah, um, I mean, and when you got guys like um, Perry Cowan and Marquise um, Jacobs on the second team, you're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention Tuesday Williams, who, I mean, the future that kid has. I mean, it, it's a really strong second team. I, I was pretty impressed with that. I think once we get to third and fourth team, it looks like a lot of other years we've had. But I thought the first two were exceptionally strong. Um considering this kind of season. I, I got frustrated by the lack of bigs on my last two teams, but what, what are you going to do, man? I mean, <laughs> it's a guards game, baby. Come on. It's, <laughs> it's rough. I mean, I got one guy that grabs, re- you know, at least Hinton and strong are both really good rebounders. So that made me feel better about the third team, but man, the fourth team's just a mess. It, it, Josh Reddick, that actually helped him get on that fourth team instead of um, the honorable mention, the fact that he was averaging six rebounds a game. 
I was like, yes, <laughs> I need you. Please. No one is ready to go play real games with an all-state or all-city team more than Michael O'Brien. I am. I will be there and ready. Um, <laughs> you, you are always – we always talk about the position. I'm more of a positionless uh, all-state, all-city, all-area guy, and Mike's always, Joe, we got to – we're the pigs. We're the pigs. Rebounds matter, man. You, you got to get the boards. <laughs> um, all right, let's hit these questions up. Um, I'm sure we have some all-city ones. We're going to start it off with Rennell Chapman, our uh, probably our number one question guy. Rennell says, hey, guys, what really happened with Chris Payton down at Bloomington the last two months? Well, he's not on the team. He's gone. <laughs> And the most I got out of it was, you know, that not up to, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, up to the standards of expectations of the program, team, uh, those types of things. So that is, as far as I know, it's not going to affect anything with his, you know, college and commitment signing with Southern Illinois. But, um, yeah, Bloomington. Really a topsy turvy roller coaster of a career, both for him and his brother, and, and Bloomington during his time. Uh, his brother was there, obviously, and he did not finish his career there or either. So. <laughs> yeah, um, they lost. Bloomington lost to Danville in a close one um, in the regional final. One it's of, really too bad. It's a team that was really built to do some special things the last two years. Yeah, if everything kind of came together talent wise. They, they had it. I, I really enjoyed watching Chris Payton um, over his career. I think he's an excellent player um, for whatever else happens. I mean, I thought he had made a strong Mr. Basketball case, you know, not that he would win it, but I think he was clearly a top five, top three vote getter. Maybe, um, you know, if things had gone differently. Um, seven Pontiac teams still around. I don't know if you keep track of this stuff, Joe. Uh, uh, I do, of course. <laughs> Seven Pontiac teams. A good showing for Hinsdale Central. They've got six still left. Um, just four from Proviso. So kind of what we expected there. Oh, sorry. Second part of, second question for Renell Chapman. Will Isaac Stanback play in the sectionals for HF? I'm getting mixed reports on why he's been out. How many games has he missed? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how many games he's missed. I know he missed the regional last week. But as far as I've been told, that he will be definitely back for the sectional games this week. And they are going to need him, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a leading scorer, 15 yeah. points a game, so yeah. He is a monster. All right, next up, questions from Go Cubs. He says, Joe mentioned in his column on Saturday that while the Simeon Brother Rice game Friday night was a great game, it did not surpass the showdown from 2005. What are his slash your memories from that game? I think it's the game I wish I could have seen live more than any other. Yeah. Uh, did you see that one? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I guess not if I don't remember. Not if you don't remember that one, you would remember. Because that, that's what you remember. You, you you think, okay, that's what, 13, 14 years ago now, and it's still, I mean, those special, unique games, I always refer to certain ones, you know, whether it be that Corey Maggette, Quentin Richardson game. I always talk about it, Northwestern in 98. But that one, this one, so much was on the line. There was a lot of hype and pressure because of Derrick Rose's arrival, Rob, Rob Smith's first year coaching. Uh, this brother, I, I remember the crowd. You know, St. Xavier's pretty good, 
nice place to watch a game when it's full. I mean, it was sold out. The Brother Rise crowd was just nuts. And I just remember that crowd. I remember it being a double overtime game. I remember both double overtime games being both double overtimes being played. I'm sorry, both overtimes being played without Derrick Rose and without Bobby Frazier and without Tim Flowers. They all fouled out in the closing minute of regulation. And then the end of it, I believe I believe it was Matt Sequest. It was. I'm reading the game story now. Okay, Good Matt, job. Yeah. Matt Sequest uh, went to the free throw line. I don't know how many seconds. One or two seconds, I think. I believe he missed the first free throw and sank the game winner on the second. This is, I remember saying there's no way he makes a second free throw, and boom, he made the second free throw. Um, I, I, my best recollection, I think that's – I yeah, think it was the end of the regulation or end of the game. 0. 0.3 seconds left. Yeah, yeah. So he missed okay, the so. first and rattled in the second. Yeah, so it, it was just – it was back and forth. It was a great Brother Rice team. It was the rival of Derrick Rose. Uh, and I still joke a little bit with Rob Smith all these years later. And this is way before Rob and I were close and had a good relationship. <laughs> I thought, Rob, I go, Rob, you went absolutely, he went bonkers in the hallway, I remember. Um, and Rob would always, now he kind of chuckles and laughs because he's not like that at all. If anybody knows Rob Smith, that's not, that's not who he is and what he does. Um, and he, I remember Rob telling me now, or I don't not now, but I don't know, we talked about it a year ago or two years ago, whenever we talked about it, just saying how much pressure he felt as a coach that year, um, taking over for Bob Hambrick, head coach of Simeon, Derek Rose, and you go and lose your, your this big game to Brother Rice. And um, he, he was – he was a heated because there was some, there was a lot of people that thought brother rice got the calls and I don't know, but it was an electric atmosphere and one of the best high school basketball experiences I, I've seen in the state bar none. I feel like it isn't even the most famous brother rice Simeon game though. Well, that, I don't know the other one then. Hambrick, um, his tirade about race. Oh yeah. That was a big deal. What year was that, though? I don't remember. Um, I mean, if you remember, I mean, other Coach Richardson, I and mean, Brother Rice had an unbelievable run. Sure did. They had about, they had about a 10, 12-year run of of elite, elite basketball. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, a un, it's not really a rivalry, obviously, but it's got a lot of history between those two. I was at um... – I was just checking to see where I was that night. I was at HF against uh, Hillcrest. Uh, that was Ju- Julian Wright ending the uh, Jarrell McNeil. Mm. Um, sorry, I'm forgetting the other kid. Uh, Maurice Acker showdown. That is, to this day, maybe the saddest locker room I've ever been in. I remember that night well, walking into that Hillcrest locker room. That team, you know, thought they were the preseason number one. Thought they were going to win state. Fun team. Yeah. Man, that was a fun team. I love Maurice Acker and Jerome McNeil. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was, um, boy, what a year that was, huh? <laughs> Look at those, those two yeah. uh, sectional, I guess super sectionals were they? Um, sectionals. I don't know why this Brother Rice isn't coming up. Um, I was trying to find the Hambrick um, quotes. But anyway, all right, let's move along here. 
Another one, this is uh, from Ron. He says, it was good to see flashes of the potential that Ahmad Bynum possesses against Brother Rice on Friday. How healthy is he at the moment? Is he good enough to lead Simeon to a state title this year? Looks pretty healthy to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, that he's pretty much good to go, uh, close to being 100%, I believe. So uh, that was a big deal when I – when Rob Smith and I talked, you know, when he came back, um, he missed a big chunk. And even when he came back, it took him a while to kind of get his feet under him and acclimated. And, and Rob always, you know, talked about, we missed that second score. And Antonio Reeves has been a consistent, steady 20, 22 game score. Uh, and for Simeon all year long, and Bynum, as you saw, I mean, I think he had five threes that game. Maybe he had five, maybe six, five or th- six threes. And yeah, he's just he's just an offensive weapon. He's, he can be a force. And uh, Simeon obviously is is such a more potent team offensively with with him healthy and, and going. And yeah, I mean, as far as leading the state title, you know, it's a tough road. A lot, a lot of wins left for Simeon to get to Peoria. Yeah, it's a shame that, you know, he missed so much of the year, and it's great to see him playing well, and it looks like they're starting, I think we, we might have talked about this on the podcast last week or the week before, how Jalen Drain kind of receded when Bynum first came back, but it looks like they're starting to figure that out now. Um, Drain had some nice minutes against um, Brother Rice in the second half, so that'll help them if they can get all those guys going at once. All right, let's see here. All right, here we go. Howdy, Mike and Joe. Thanks for the excellent continued coverage. Over the weekend, three Bolingbrook Raiders qualified for the three-point contest, each hitting 10 of 15. Wow. Uh, Darius Burford was one of them, along with Joseph Yasufu and Bird. Uh, Darius had a monster dunk on the head of some unfortunate Tomcat this past week. If he shows a consistent jumper, do you think he could be in the Mr. Basketball conversation next year? I um conversation sure i'll put him in a conversation but realistically no i mean i going into next year i I mean there's a two horse race and uh, i think it's adam miller and dj stewart with max christie as your wild card and i mean it'd be hard to crack those top three right now yeah mr basketball who the hell knows what all those people are gonna do um Good luck with uh, Player of the Year, though, Darius Burford. Come at us. <laughs> Let's do it. Have a, uh, who know who's the, uh, Kevin, um, geez, I'm having a day. I'm from home with Flossmore, the kid who won. Dillard. Yeah, Kevin Dillard. Have a Kevin Dillard year. and. Uh... Well, I mean, we just saw it this year where a player that, if, exactly. you, if you rewound 12 months, we would never have even, if we had the same question about Rashawn Agee for Player of the Year, we would have probably laughed at it. Yep. Uh, and he, he was right in the mix for a big chunk of the year. Yeah, he was fantastic. And, um, yeah, go for it, Darius Burford. It'll be exciting to see if he can put that kind of season together. Uh, next up, Taquan Hamilton. A lot of close-scoring games in the first two playoff rounds for a lot of the top-seeded teams, like Simeon against Rice. Do you see any upsets as we get close to the finals? Um, I, I think at this point it's almost hard to, like... Yeah, there's not a lot of upsets. Yeah. Um We'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit when we preview the sectionals a little bit here. You know, I, I mean, seed-wise, I uh, mean. 
I guess RB beating Curie and York beating Young would be upsets. Yeah. Other than that, I struggle to find anything that I would even call an upset, really. Well, if Schaumburg won that sectional, that would be one. If Schaumburg goes and wins that sectional, for sure, that's that's an upset. I mean, they're a seven seed. Mid-Suburban League doesn't get the respect. They play Loyola, which is a very you know beatable team for Schaumburg. Uh, and then they would likely get Evanston in the final. So that would be a, a shocker. Yeah, if Schaumburg beat Evanston, that would definitely be a shocker. But who knows? Um, all right, next up, it's from Ingo. He says, Mike and Joe, once again, I give my annual thank you for your dedication and coverage to high school hoops in our region. As a recent former high school coach, 13 years, and current youth coach, I find today's behavior and lack of accountability by some high-profile coaches and schools <laughs> to be alarming. Turning in proper paperwork, eligibility reports, public chastising of officials and governing bodies. When will someone address the elephant in the room and hold some of these coaches and schools accountable so we can once again focus on the big picture, the high school basketball player? You know, that's a great question, Ingo. I, um, I think one of my rant, my takes from two weeks ago was a rant about the Morgan Park behavior. People are still talking about it. I think it's just unacceptable that IHSA and CPS have done nothing about it. Um, you can't have players go after refs. It, it, it sounds like it was worse than I thought it was, um, really. From Now that I've talked to more people who are right there watching, um, they definitely should have been punished. And I'm sure the Irvins won't like to hear this, and Morgan Park people won't, but you can't have people acting like that. And I have yet to run across a single adult in the public league not connected to the Morgan Park that doesn't believe that. They're embarrassed by it. Huh. Well... I mean, I, I I just don't know where I don't know the protocol and the. Do you know what I mean? Like, who steps in and takes charge and does the investigations and I don't know where all that goes and and where it starts and where it finishes and. I, do you know what I mean? I mean, where's the proof? Where's I mean, where do they talk? Who do they talk to? And but I go back to what was the whole point of the probation and what did the probation mean? Yeah. Um, when it, when that happened back in was that this December? Um, oh yeah, I think it was early December, late November. Yeah. So I mean, that, it's a word given to them, but I don't know. It's just there's no follow through. Who cares if there's probation? Yeah. What does it mean? I mean, I have the, well, you start with the officials and they sent a report about what happened. I have it. They sent it to the Morgan Park principal. Um, and I'm assuming the IHSA, I have sent it, you know, around. I've, I constantly emailed CPS and IHSA about this and they won't even respond to me. Neither entity has ever even responded to me about them doing anything or not doing anything. It's, I, hmm. yeah. and, you know, I had, uh, I've had some, issues over the last weekend or I would have written about it for the paper but it just now it seems too late and I don't know we're gonna we'll see if I ever get the chance to do that again but yeah it's it is really upsetting and and I was was talking to another public league coach just Friday night it was such a great year for the public league overall and you know city basketball you know there was not any shootings or any big you know fights or any you know eligibility scandals exactly it was a really clean great year for them and they dominated the headlines. Bingo, yeah, and they were so good. And to have the city title game end like that, 
and put this stain on it when that's so unnecessary and so easily, you know, stop. It was, yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, even the opposing coaches, you know, I mean, Mike Oliver made note of it, you know, yeah. um, of just kind of, I remember him talking about it. So I, yeah, it's, it's too bad. Um, so I, the question that was, is valid and, but I don't think there's an answer. No. Um, I mean, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> so it has to be the IHSA or CPS or the Morgan Park principal um, to do something. All right. Next up, Lorenzo Harmon uh, says, please explain why Justin Harmon, senior from Curie High School, doesn't make one of the all-city teams. I did ask publicly on Twitter for people to ask me their questions about the all-city team. So um, he's not just whining here. Um, Curie got um, Dejawan Gordon on the first team. No one on the second team. Um, Trevon Hamilton, the point guard, and Ramian Hinton, is uh, the junior, is on the third team. And on the um, honorable mentions is Justin Harmon. So that's four kids from Curie. This is a um, 20-man team and 20 honorable mentions. There's over 2,000 players in the city. To have four on one team is kind of shocking. And why wasn't Harmon higher? I mean, I don't know what, what <laughs> I don't know what to say with this one. Um, the whole team can't be Curie. Uh, you know what well, I mean? A large percentage of these first fifteen players on the first three teams <laughs> were Curry players. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I. I don't know. I, it's a little greedy uh, if you're asking for more than than that. I mean, it, it's just. Why? I mean, I mean, why Hamilton over Harmon? I thought Hamilton was a key. You know, numbers didn't even matter to me. You watch the games. He's the point guard well, in the undefeated I, I think, city title. I think everybody would agree with that. And, you know, I just, we just, you know, Mike Oliver, the coach, has, has kind of laid it out for Trevor Hamilton of, how important he is to that team. He, other than Dejon Gordon, he's probably the key player, most important player on that team. And as far as Harmon versus Hinton, the numbers were very close. I think Harmon had an edge. Harmon scored more points. I don't have it in front of me. Hinton had more rebounds. And as we talked about in the beginning of this, I'm thirsty for rebounds on this team. So that helped edge uh, get Hinton onto the team instead of Harmon. Also, Hinton was spectacular at Pontiac. Um, I would almost not have had a... I might have had him... I thought he was the best player there. Um, he was that good at Pontiac. He was incredible. Um, so, that kind and he of... Played, and he played well in... I can't remember if it was a championship or semifinal. The City playoff game. He had a, he had a really solid game, too. Yeah. Um, so, that's why I went with there. But, you know, it's... I've had some other Curie people asking me stuff. I mean... You, you're not going to get five guys in the All-City team. That just doesn't happen. Sorry. Um, there's a lot of teams out there. Next up, Carson Hart. Hi, Michael. I saw your Twitter post asking for questions. I was wondering what Lions' chances are to beat Geneva. Thanks a lot. What do you think, Joe? Uh, I mean, they have a chance. <laughs> Did you I see saw Lions La play great I, ones? Yeah. yeah, I saw, as I was say, I saw Lions. Gosh, who they play? Matia Valley. Right? It was a Matia Valley, and I walked into that second gym at at, at uh, York and took in the game. 
And they just annihilated them. <laughs> they think they were up like 40 at some point. They won they won the game 73 to 38. And it was a winner's bracket game. It was a second-round game. Uh, then they went on and beat Brother Rice the next game. So I, I just saw Lions play extremely, extremely well. Um, I saw them early in the year as well um, when, they, when, when they lost to, I think it was Downers North. But anyway, I, I just – they, they they shoot the ball well enough to and, and Tyree Shines is a good all round guard. I, I mean, I just can't get past what Geneva does. They just do they do so well. Uh, but they're regardless of the record, regardless of how much I gush about Jack McDonald, regardless of Geneva being the number one seed with a you know one loss all year, they just aren't an unbeatable team. You watch them and you're like, okay, somebody can beat them. Somebody can beat them, but nobody does. Well, Lake Park did, but I, yeah, I, Lions can beat them. Um, I don't think they will, but they can. Yeah, my Lions. The only I saw them lose to Glenbard West, but Terry Shines didn't play, so I feel like yeah, I mean, they, Lions just at the end of the year did not. They they did not. Um, you know they 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 got hot and they and they won some games down the stretch. I think they won the last six games of the regular season, but you know in their bigger games they lost to York, they lost to Oak Park, they lost to St. Lawrence, they lost to Downers South. I mean, I they lost to RB. I mean, I they just have not. Um, they're, they're lacking that that marquee. Okay, this team can 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 beat just about anybody type of win. Yeah, looked like there was a huge crowd they had on hand there at uh, Glenbard West. So that'll help a lot if they can bring um, some fans out to Bartlett for that one. All right, that's all of the questions. Thanks, everybody, for sending them. It's M-O-B-R-I-E-N, M-O-B-R-I-E-N at suntimes.com if you want to send something for next week. Um, two takes. You want to start us off, Joe? Yeah. Um, my, my first one is just uh, it's kind of an interesting week ahead because of the inordinate amount of, of rematches that are going on this week. Uh, and it just leaves me I, – I think it's almost harder to pick games when, when they if, – if, um, a lot of people don't pick games. I foolishly do on my weekend forecasts and all of my picks and all that for the sectionals. So when you don't ever have teams play each other and you'll watch them separately and they never collide or maybe they not even have – that many common opponents, it seems like it's easier in your mind to pick a team that you think is better and you think that's going to win. When they have played each other and they know each other and they, they know their tendencies and they've scouted each other over and over and over again and and the results are, are it, it, I think it's harder to pick. And, you know, and the amount, Mike, of, of rematches is unbelievable. I mean, it, the big one is Bloom HF. They played twice this season and by a combined... Bloom has won both by a combined six points, including overtime. You know, Evanston and Glenbrook South, they split during the regular season. Glenbrook South, so one, the, one of the few losses Evanston's had this year is kind of their their shining moment that put them on the map, Glenbrook South. So they go into this one knowing, you know, if Evanston had beaten Glenbrook South twice, I'd probably say, yeah, I mean, it'd be – but they know they can beat this Evanston team. Uh, Downers North and Lake Park, they played a two-point game. 
uh, during the regular season. Downers North beat at Lake Park. Uh, Wabansi Valley just beat Oswego East just a few weeks ago. Uh, Friend and Waukegan, they met at the Wheeling Hardwood Classic where Friend knocked off Waukegan. And uh, 3A, don't forget all 3A basketball, Johnsburg and Burlington Central in the 3A game. They split this year. They'll meet again. And the last time they met, Patrick Mayfield, their star for Burlington Central, made free throws with two seconds left for a one-point win. So these are just some of the rematches. You know, St. Pat's and um, St. Vider will meet again, each suburban Catholic conference rematch. So it's just interesting to see what goes into these matchups as opposed to the ones I'm talking about where they never play each other. Yeah. Um, Evanston is my take. I um... – I mean, if you go back and listen to the start of the season, <clears throat> we talked about Evanston a ton. You know, they were preseason number two. I considered them for number one, you know, seriously, very seriously over Young. Um, and then I, I feel like this season, you know, they, they played in um, out of the area, you know, in over the holidays. Then they lost that Bolingbrook game. And you look back now, great record great season but they don't have that big win you know that signature win and I think because of that we just haven't been talking about them a lot lately but I I think they are so dangerous and I think they are a serious serious threat to win the state title and it's probably time we paid a little bit more attention to that if they win you know get into the sectional final I'm sure we'll be talking a ton about them but I just wanted to take my my take here to highlight Evanston and I'm sure Evanston has not forgotten, you know, what they did last year and are ready to do more this year. But I think the rest of the area, and especially the city fans, might want to take a look at Evanston and take them a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I mean, I I remember talking about them early. I went and saw that St. Vider-Evanston game at Thanksgiving uh, tournament time that Saturday, Thanksgiving week, and they looked so good in in beating St. Vider after a a bad first quarter and then really good three quarters. Uh, you know, they beat Uplift with, with Jacobs. Um, and then they played that tough slate of conference games. But I think one thing, Mike, we and I just remember this because I did a feature or a little story on it post-holidays, was was the trip Evanston took to Kentucky. You, you know, you, there's a big chunk there of, of late December, mid to late December, where they were out of the area and nobody saw them play. So you don't talk about them much. But this tournament out in Kentucky that they played, they played some legit teams, man. I mean, they, they played some powerful teams from around the country. Uh, South Shore out of New York is a, is a high-profile team. South Miami, Florida, another one. So, And then they went, and obviously, and played down at uh, uh, Centralia for Christmas and lost to a very good Alton team. So, yeah, they, they, they were out of the area, out of sight, out of mind. and But, yeah, they, they, they were tested big time during those two holiday tournaments, just nobody to, to watch or see or write about. Yeah. And that Bolingbrook game, I watched it on um, Evanston's broadcast and, you know, they, they could have pulled that one out and won it. And I just think they'd be so much higher in the rankings now if they had won that game and we'd be talking about them a lot more, but yeah, watch out for Evanston. My, my second take is on a team that going along and we, we definitely have talked about Evanston, but we really haven't talked much about this team. That's Lake Park. The, the story is that they've have all the teams still alive that and have come up with I don't want to say legitimate wins they're all legitimate I know but I mean uh, this one beating Bennett in a regional final 
where Lake Park was coming into the year, which was really on no one's radar. I, I did see them a little bit in the summertime and thought, oof. I remember, you know, talking to Billy Pitcher. Billy Pitcher was the coach at, at Lake Zurich. He won a regional last year with Lake Zurich, took the Lake Park job, and he's kind of walked into something here that's got some staying power. And by that, I mean that this team is 22 wins, I think. 23 wins they've got. And they they started the season slow. I think they were 3-4 and four to start the year, or 3-3. Three and three. And they played in a pretty weak Christmas tournament and picked up four wins. Didn't take – I didn't – still, nobody paid attention to them. Nobody noticed their record that they were coming along. Uh, then they beat Geneva. They had that Geneva win, and I just – I still remember my thought when it happened. It's just a clunker. Geneva can't run the table. They were going to lose eventually. They were primed and ready to lose. You know, Lake Park got them at a good time, yada, yada, yada. Well, Lake Park kept rolling, man. And uh, they ended up now at 23 wins. They've played great since that 3-4 and four start, and they're doing it with all juniors. And, you know, their top four guys are juniors. So they went and beat Bennett in DeKalb. They beat DeKalb at DeKalb in the regional semifinal. And here they are. Uh, uh, Luke Garbosa is is really a fun, talented player. I mean, he, he's a scoring guard. He can get buckets. And Montreal Perry and and uh, Trevor Montiel, all juniors. He's a 6'5 junior. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of ride this momentum into a sectional that a lot of people going into the sectional believed it was wide open and very winnable. And now – you look at it, you got Lions, Lions is in there, beatable team. They're playing Downers North, which they're a five seed. They're beatable. Uh, you know, Geneva's remains a team to beat, but Lake Park's already done it. So Lake Park, and they've got one sectional title in the program's history. And this would be, you know, I look back at that year in 2014, 15, it was kind of a soft road they, they took to uh, win that sectional title. But, uh, yeah, so they are in position to, you know, win this sectional championship. I, I really believe they could do it. And uh, I'm still picking Geneva here to win this now with Bennett gone, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Lake Park was the lowest-seeded team that, to win a sectional. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. It's exciting they're all juniors, too. I have not seen Lake Park this year, and – I think Lake Park and South Elgin are the only two area teams that are still around I haven't seen um, in 4A. I know, and Lake Park didn't even, I don't believe they ever got into the rankings because they lost. Well, they have a lot of losses. I mean, they do have a lot of losses. But I've been um, looking for teams all year. The problem was they lost to St. Charles East the next day after they beat Geneva. Yeah, I mean, and, and they squeeze out these regional wins. I mean, DeKalb, you know, they beat DeKalb by two, uh, beat Bennett by three, and I think that was an overtime. So, I mean, they, they've got a little moxie to them. And yeah. as we know, how this goes, man, I mean, the sectional week is so different to me because I just – you just always see a team or two or three that they change. They, they morph into something different. Uh, all of a sudden, wow, we won this regional. We, we can beat anybody. And especially if you're going into a sectional that's got as beatable teams. It's not like Lake Park won this section or regional – Okay, now we gotta go play Curie. You know, they're, they're it's a winnable sectional uh, with a team that's playing with a lot of confidence and 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 a 
group that's progressively gotten better and better over the course of the year. Yeah, p- poor RB. <laughs> I kind of wrote off RB's chances against Lincoln Park, which uh, probably wasn't wise considering I'm also the guy that kept saying that Lincoln Park keeps playing up and down to whoever they're playing. But um, Yeah, I think you've underestimated RB. Well, I've seen him lose twice and not play real well both. I mean, I just um, – but the, I, 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 I like teams that, that – that can that score and they got seniors and uh, they're five seniors and they, they can score basketball, you know, they can score the basketball. So it's just too bad. They run into Curie here. I mean, they can give them a game if they shoot well, I'm sure, but um, that's yeah, a rough take, matchup. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough sectional. I mean, um, just... all right. My second take here kind of bubbling under the radar. And I think it's a little bit exciting that the Chicago public league, which Let's be honest, people don't think of high academics when they think of the public league. But there are quite a few high academic schools now. You know, in the last 10 years, that's really turned around. And I, I think it's been interesting over the last couple of years how their basketball programs has, have improved. We have a handful of nice north side teams now that are high academic and are starting to be really good basketball programs. Lincoln Park, you know, we've talked about a lot this season. Lane, you know, I think everybody's familiar with what they've done over the last two years. Peyton's a team we haven't talked a ton about. They were 17 and 12. Um, they won their their white division. Um, they have a D1 prospect in J- Jabari Chippy and um, Jones, who we haven't talked about at all. 17 and 14. They also have a lot of young talent um, over there. They will not be coming up. I think they finished third or fourth in the White West. Um, but to me, this is exciting. You, know, you can add Latin. They're not CPS, but Latin had a great season. Another, you know, high academic city school. I think it would be really good for the CPS to have this group of, you know, high academic schools. Whitney Young is one of them as well that are turning out great basketball programs and great basketball players. I think it could really help change the image of the CPS and the city. And I think it would be exciting if some real star players decided to go to some of these schools you know, to get a great education and to know they could play high-level basketball. We've seen how successful that is at Young. You know, Brooks is the same thing on the south side. So I just think it's really encouraging that this group of coaches and these schools have kind of gotten behind these basketball programs. It's fantastic. Good luck with the latter part of your – I would love to see some uh, star players start, you know, either going there in the first place or staying there once they got there. You know, that that would be – I mean – I don't know. I, I, I would love to see a little bit more flavor in, in the hierarchy of the, of the public league with, with star players um, as opposed to the, the powerhouse programs. I mean, Lane's style has been so much fun to watch. Um, I could have followed I mean, they're done now, but I could have followed them through the playoffs. And, and the city needs that. It, it's good for Young and Simeon and all the other powers to play a team like that, you know, in your conference. That's yeah, not- I was talking to even Tyrone Slaughter about it earlier today. Uh, that lane matchup, not that they're identical to York, but I mean, you know, they, you know, they played, they played lane twice now, obviously with the regional and the, in the regular season. And it was a good, you know, matchup wise, uh, a seasoning to play a, a team like York as they are somewhat similar in style and, um, a good preparation for them. All right. Um, Regional stuff. Any what? Anything we haven't hit on that you want to mention? No, to? I mean I just, I, I mean, 
were you stunned by? I mean, the only thing I was really shocked because I, I I did actually think I get got lucky with some with some picks uh, with upsets, but I, I think the surprise was was just some of the scores. You know, I you know I, I picked Downers North to beat Downers South, but I would never have guessed them to beat them by twenty three points. You know, I, I picked Schaumburg to beat Nutrier, but from the sounds of it, that game was never in doubt, really. Uh, I picked Riverside-Brookfield to beat Lincoln Park, but, you know, again, they, I would have figured it would be a one-possession game. They came from behind a one, you know, by nine. I was just a little surprised at the margin of some of the surprises as opposed to, you know, not just winning, uh, but going out there and really I mean, geez, there's some blowouts. I mean, Walt Keegan just crushed Warren. Um, Fremd buried Barrington. Um, you know, Stevenson won by double digits. Yeah, Glenbrook South, you know, won by 25 or 26. And so it was just uh, the, the scores were a little bit surprising to me. Fortunately, you and I were both at the, the best game of the night, Brother Rice and Simeon, which we've talked and written enough about. But – I guess was there one game that jumped out, surprised you more than any, whether it be the score or the result? Because um, mine, mine's probably Lake Park. I mean, I, I Bennett was on a roller coaster all year yeah. long, and but then just when I kind of written them off, they go out and they beat Notre Dame, Stevenson, Saint Viator, and Saint Charles North to close the year. Uh, Stevenson, Saint Viator, and Saint Charles North, their last three wins, they're all in the sectional still. Uh, Notre Dame, we know, is talented, and they. They beat them like 15 or 16. So I thought, okay, you know, uh, Bennett lost Will Angles, a guard. I thought I wrote them off, and then they would go on that run. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a little Bennett run. Get through the sectional, get another, get a shot at Geneva in the final, and poof, Lake Park takes them out. So that was probably my my one surprise of, of the night. Mine was um, Kankakee losing to normal U high. Uh, 3A stuff you know I had high hopes for this Kankakee team I've seen them play really well this year um normally UHI is a good team I think they're 20 they have 20 wins for sure I know they beat Thornwood I think they lost to um Wheaton Warrenville South but that was a consolation game um but yeah I thought Kankakee would have at least gotten to this sectional semi against Hillcrest so that that was surprising to me And, and I guess the York Oak Park margin like you said um yeah. Some of the scores, I didn't. I'm not surprised York won at all. I didn't expect them to win by that much. Schomburg Nutrier, you know that you can kind of see that one coming with Schomburg being hot and Nutrier being hurt. But yeah, there there was not a big. Um, I would have thought Downers Grove South would have won. So, I maybe yeah, calling it an upset though, I really wouldn't. So yeah, it was not a shocking night, um, in any way. That's for sure. I wonder. Um, Main South? What do you I mean? I know you've. Well, I, I mean, I, I that was one of the games I picked. You know, I, I picked 15 games and got 12 of them right, and that was one I got wrong. And um, but I, I don't know. I, I based it on, and I, and I wrote about it this weekend about Loyola. I mean, Loyola is not a offensive juggernaut, uh, <laughs> and when you lose Connor Barrett who is clearly their most offensively gifted player, without question. I mean, he came back and played in the regional semifinal 
again, I don't know who they played. Um, he hit five threes against uh, Roy Meadows and Max Christie. They played. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he only played about, I think he played like 12, 14 minutes total in the regional semi. So, you know, I talked to Tom Libertino following that game, and, and you know, that was kind of the plan to bring him back slowly. That was his first time back in three or four weeks. And so I just kind of figured that was a daily. I guess he played major minutes in the regional final, so he's primed and ready to go. So if Connor Barrett was healthy all year, they are probably seated higher. They're probably got a better record. They may even be in your rankings. And I probably would have picked them. I just didn't know. I, I just think that's the X factor in that game. And Maine South was playing extremely yeah, well. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah. But with and Maine South playing really well, and the question mark of Connor Barrett, I went with Maine South. So, but with him playing, um, I mean, I, that'll be interesting to see what happens with them and Schaumburg. Two very good defensive teams. Schaumburg is people don't realize. I, I don't think people realize. You know, I, I took some hits and and online and social media from people with the picks, but. I, I, I people haven't seen Schaumburg play obviously because they have over the course of the year just really turned it up a notch defensively. You talk to coaches that have played them, you know, not all the time. I mean, there's Mike and I always talk about schedule strength and who have they played and who have they beaten, and that's all true and that all it's, it's all warranted conversation. But you also can't you can't just eliminate teams that are playing really well and just say discard them because maybe they didn't play the toughest schedule doesn't mean that they're not really good and they, and they got a chance to succeed in March it's just you know they may not be as prepared as some other teams but Schaumburg was playing their best bath they're playing their best basketball at the right time and that's why I mentioned earlier I mean they could be playing in a sectional final and playing Evanston and they are playing they got some sneaky athleticism on the perimeter they got some size inside and they really get after you defensively and make it make it difficult for you. So Schaumburg is it's just a team that I think people, you know, mid suburban league. Eh, I think they people have slept on a little bit. Yeah, I know. Um, I saw them lose to Saint Ignatius at yeah. York, so that was tough for me. Um, but no, I mean they they have some definite talent on that team. That's exciting. That Loyola Main South game it was twelve to twelve at halftime. I had the under. My goodness. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's tough, man. <laughs> that is real tough. Um, all right. Let's um, – I, I, oh, I, I was uh, – speaking of low-scoring basketball, I was at a tough sleep last night, right? And switched over to about 2 in the morning, the tape delay of the Class 3A girls basketball state championship game. Oh. When's the last time you watched – a girls basketball game. I saw, I had to cover it. I covered one game, a Fenwick game. Trisha Liston was a great player. So whatever her senior year was, I'm looking now. Well, my point. Uh, Very long. Yes. Do you think we have any listeners that are girls basketball fans? I don't know. Then I want to. Great question. You know, check them all off, but holy cow. You know what the score halftime was? At the end of the first quarter? No. It was 18 to 3 and 24 to 5 at halftime. Oh boy. And one of the one of the five points, one of the baskets was by accident. Um <laughs> Oh jeez, 2010. That's the last time I 
actually so, pay attention to a girl's game. I don't know. I, I didn't realize. I don't know. It's rough. <laughs> we we complain about three A boys. Woo. Three A girls. All right, go on. Yeah, I'm gonna hard no comment on that one. Um, but it's been a while since I watched any girls basketball. Um, sectional time. It's um. Oh, just great. These are my, Friday is my favorite day of the season, generally. Um, this whole, I mean, it's in high school gym, we would talk about all the time. High school gyms, semifinals, Friday night's the best. I, I, I continue to believe, it doesn't always happen this way, but by and large, the biggest guarantee is a Friday night sectional championship game with the highest level caliber of basketball you'll see all year long. Yeah. Uh, and getting to it, I got a couple of things for you. The game you most, if you had to tell a fan, guaranteed, down to the wire, it's going to have everything. Down to the wire, good good enough teams. May not, it doesn't have to be necessarily the two best teams. Down to the wire, great atmosphere, pretty good gym, have all that stuff going for you. What what would be the sectional game, the, the sectional semifinal games that you would send somebody to? Whoo! Um, Fremd Waukegan, I think, is going to be a lot of fun because I love that Waukegan gym. We know mm-hmm. the teams are closely matched. You've got a Waukegan group that has, for years, thought they were going to achieve big things, and this is the time now. Uh, I think the community feels that way. So I think that's going to be a pretty juicy one for sure. Um, also, what do you, th- I mean, should we, I don't know how much, the York, um, York and Young has some drama to it. Uh, I love the York Young game. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a good one. Uh, Vince Doran, for people who don't know, was the coach at Hinsdale South um, and publicly commented um, about, Whitney Young holding a practice at a at Burr Ridge Junior High, and Tyrone Slaughter was suspended by the IHSA, I believe it was, not CPS. Um, you know, you're not allowed to do that recruiting, kind of that kind of stuff. So there is some juicy drama between these two uh, coaches. Yeah, I, I just I, I like sectional gyms. I'm a little fanatical about it and picky, um, so I get bummed out when they're in like. Sorry, Bartlett. I just I, I remember going <laughs> to a game. I just don't like your gym, man. It's hard for me to. It's just a bad sectional gym. Um, you know, East Aurora is a great gym. I, I, I like that sectional. If anybody's out there looking to get bang for the buck, um, that sectional they're playing two games in one night, and there's a lot of local flavor to it yeah. you know you're, it's in east aurora which is a fantastic high school gym when it's filled up west aurora the local team wabansi valley right down the road aurora oswego east another four four miles five miles away and then bolingbrook so that is going to be a fun you know not necessarily i mean there's only one ranked team i believe of the four but i i think that's just really going to be an entertaining night of basketball with the crowds and, and the local feel that's going to have at East Aurora. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the South Suburbs will be great. Eisenhower is a good gym. Um, Bloom HF, Joe's talked about it. Marion Catholic Simeon. We haven't talked about that one at all. We both saw Simeon. I've seen Simeon way too much. 
I think that's the best game. I mean, as far as they're the two highest ranked teams that'll be meeting. Yeah. Uh, And I I would be shocked if it wasn't tight. I I think it's going to be a grinded out, low scoring game. Uh, You know, Mary Catholic would try to be interesting. They're going to try to get out and transition, I think, a little bit more because they score better when they can get some easy baskets as opposed to the half court. And Mary Catholic really thrives defensively with their length, make things, contest shots, trap. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, what they're going to need to do against Simeon is try to, to they got to find a way to score some easy baskets because I, I think Simeon will end up playing quite a bit of zone against them, make Mary Catholic make shots, which is not their strength and from the perimeter and, and, but yeah, that, that down the South suburbs will be, I'll be interested to see what kind of crowd that one gets. Yeah, I think it's, I think it should be pretty good. Um, and I'm excited to see who you pick in that one, Joe. Glad I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> that should be close. Um, what do you know about Rock Valley College? Uh, I just Jim. know that it, I've never been there. Mm. I just know that it's nice and modern. Oh, okay. Um, I believe they got like chairbacks, like I think seats. I, I believe. Oh but wow. I could, oh. could be wrong. Um, you know, one thing in 3A, I never want to skip our 3A people, uh, there's a one out of the 16 sectionals, Mike, uh, have this going for it. Gray's Lake Central, out of all the 16 sectionals in 3A, 4A, this is the only one that has what? Can you answer it? Hmm. The top four seeds. St. Viator, St. Patrick, DePaul Prep, and oh, Colorado. oh, all Catholic schools, all private, private schools. Yeah. Three of them from the East Suburban Catholic Conference, and DePaul Prep from uh, the Catholic League. So, did you think the the two East Suburban underdogs, St. Pat's, Carmel? I mean, everybody's. I've been talking about the St. Viator, DePaul Prep game for probably three months. Yeah, in three A, uh, whoever wins that game is going to Peoria. That's what I've been saying. You know, it doesn't mean they can't get upset by a Farragut or Lawndale or maybe, I don't know, but I, I doubt it. Can St. Pat's or, I mean, St. Pat's lost to Vider by 18 in the regular yeah. season. Carmel's playing better. Kamari Wilson's a fantastic talent, a game changer at guard. Going against DePaul Prep, who, you know, they can grind it out a little bit on you. And, and it, long, okay, back to my original question. St. Viator, DePaul Prep. Anyway, either one of them gets upset. I don't see St. Viator getting upset. I've seen a good deal of Pats lately, and I like them. But, yeah, I think that's a bridge too far for Pats. I think Viator kind of rolls in that one. But, you know, I I think Carmel, I, if there's going to be one, I, I would be more likely to pick that one, Carmel over DePaul Prep myself, I think. And the best 3A sectional semifinal, I think, is Bogan-St. Lawrence, just because of the fact that St. Lawrence uh, can play fast. They like to play fast. They put points on the board, and they're in their home gym. And everyone is just pretty much written off anybody else in 3A except for Bogan and Morgan Park. So uh, I think that is the, the, the best – 3A highest profile game of the of the semifinal matchups. Yeah, that should be pretty good over there. It'll be interesting also to see what Mount Carmel can do against Morgan Park. They've had a nice year. Um, 
seems like it squeak, might be too much. Squeak by and Lynn Bloom. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I just think that's that that different level speed athleticism is going to catch up to them when they play Morgan Park. You would think, but yeah, those are definitely two. Um, as far as three A goes, that, that's a C three A. We love we talk three. Those are two sectionals that are fun, um, for sure. North Lawndale's okay, um, but it's not quite at that level. Um, I was looking down Ottawa, Rich Central, or Ottawa guys were ranked. I've seen Rich Central; they're an interesting bunch. Not sure what if they can uh, handle Ottawa though. Johnsburg's still alive in three A. Zach Toussaint. You talked about them. They got the rematch with Burlington Central and Glenbard South, your favorite squad. Big year in basketball. Girls finished uh, yeah. second in the state. Now the boys. Um, <laughs> 3A. Solid. I don't know. I have not planned where I'm going yet. Um, I know you were talking about maybe hitting up the doubleheader by you, but it, this is always so difficult for me. You know. You, yeah. I mean, Glenbrook South, Evanston intrigues me a little bit. Uh I, I I like that Glenbrook South team. Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Uh, Wednesday I'm going I'm going to York Young. York Young. Provides a West Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday probably East Aurora, but you know. Yeah, probably. I Curie RB. Nah. Your Evanston GBS matchup. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm glad I got Ben Pope, so we'll have some extra coverage there. I'm a, I am hate it when the if a team's playing for a sectional final and I have not seen them, so the South Elgin is bugging me. I mean, I, I can't really go cover South Elgin Harlem on Wednesday for the Sun-Times, but I will be doing my best to watch it online because I, I need I want to see them. Um, for sure. I know they've got a good player. Um, good luck. Who's uh, picked up some D1 offers, I believe, right? Yeah, Athletic, 6'7", yeah. Vince. Uh, Vince Mastronzi uh, or something? Uh, I never can pronounce his last name. Yeah. Miskowicz, or I bad with a with that one. Uh, Schaumburg Loyola. Think Schaumburg keeps it rolling? Who? I do, yeah. But, I mean, we know that the Loyola, yeah, and they've got some size, you know, some nice size in that game, I guess, on both sides. Yeah. Um, That's a tough game to pick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I've seen both teams. I guess I did see Loyola play really well that one game. Beat um, DePaul, did they beat? Did they, whatever. The whole season's running together. It was at DePaul for sure. But um, sectional going to be fun. Also, all area and player of the year is coming out this week. Coaches, ADs, if you're listening, email me your stats for your nominations as soon as humanly possible. Decisions are being made as we speak. Um, you, you're definitely going to want to get your guy in. I will tweet out everybody who is nominated um, so everybody gets a little bit of attention there. And um, I think that'll do us for this week. We'll be back next week with, oh boy. Uh, actually, we're going to do it. Yeah, hold on. We, we won't be. Yeah. We usually wait to the state tournament. Yeah, we should, so we'll be back next week, but it'll be um we'll probably record on Wednesday. Following the super. Yeah, following the super. Oh, should we do any one A two A real quick? Um we do have a really big game. Um Orr and Leo are are playing two A in the uh, sectional or sorry, the super sectional. Taking Orr. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Orr is the favorite. Leo, you know I've been high on Leo, and then I kind of unboarded the train <laughs> about a month ago. Um, I'm off the Leo train. Yeah, uh, Corliss plays Bureau Valley. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about Bureau Valley a lot <laughs> on this podcast, but I, I really like Corliss. Uh, I, wouldn't be I really like Bureau Valley. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> and in 1A, we, um, Providence St. Mel, the Knights are still there. They're playing East. I'm taking St. Mel, whoever they play. East Dubuque, apparently. It's hey, I, I, I wrote about East Dubuque, actually. Oh, really? Way back when, yeah, I did. In oh. the, uh, when I was talking about St. Mel's Road. Oh. A, a likely matchup with East Dubuque. And look at that, it materialized. It sure did. So um, <laughs> we could have, I'm going to have a busy Saturday next Saturday if all these teams win. We could have three teams um, playing in the 1A, 2A stuff over the weekend. Um, yeah, so wait a minute. So, I, so you're saying in 1A you could have. Providence St. Mel. And, oh, Yorkville. We forgot about Yorkville Christian, who Joe and I watched together. Yes. <laughs> at Romeoville. Yeah. Wow. We, it Yorkville is, um, Christian St. Mel, you could have. Yep. So I could have. Don't, I do not know a lot about Cisna Park. Um, and then in 2A. We were guaranteed Orleo, and then we could have Corliss. Four teams from the Chicago area, 1A, 2A, possibly. Yep. It, it, people keep talking about this, but, oh, you can't move the state tournament up here if you do to one weekend because everybody will freak out. Has anybody been looking at 1 and 2A and who's been winning it <laughs> the last few years? Uh, I mean, and the public league schools are shrinking. We're going to have more and more come down to 2A. So it could be interesting. But anyway – um. That should be fun. Who would you take in? And I guess Corliss got whooped by Orr in the city tournament, didn't they? Um, I, I'm t- oh, I, I mean, I've been Orr, St. Mel all year, so I, I Orr and St. Mel. I don't see it ending. Do you know anything offhand about Nashville, the T-Tops, Pleasant Plains, or Gibson City? No, I just love the nickname, yeah. Wooden Shoes. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I saw Pleasant Plains in like night 2000 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Gibson City's alive, and they got a fantastic uh, player, Ryland oh. Holt, six five. Yeah, Just, I remember you reading. Okay, Ryland yeah. Holt. Okay, he's going to uh, Minnesota State Division Uh-oh. two power. Um, so yeah, he's athletic. He was also a star in the football team, wide receiver. Yeah, so I, I don't know anything about Pleasant Plains or I mean Nashville and Tutopolis are perennial small school yeah. high school basketball powers. Um, so. They are what they are. Yeah, seen plenty of uh, Nashville games on uh, the Elite Eight. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back next week with, my goodness, the state tournament preview. <laughs>